Today my guest is Jennifer Hughes, and I know Jennifer uh, through Rob Hughes, because I work with Rob Hughes, I met Rob on Waco, so that's 93, and we were talking, we forgot when we met, we thought we met on, on Angry Beavers, which was three years after that. Yeah, we must have met during Family Do- I mean, um, uh, Rocco then. Yeah. I, yeah, it's sort of just, my, I had to have met you through Rob, I guess. Yeah, to so through parties on Rocco, because they, they had like a parties for everything. They had Christmas parties, they had rap parties. Right, and, and you usually brought Anjali and... Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so that was, you know... I'm yeah, my daughter was, uh, she was born in 91, so... She was yeah. just six months when I started on the, on the I show. I do. I remember her as a little baby. <laughs> yeah, so so, so we, we met on Rocco. Yeah. So, so you, got in, you got an animation, uh, your own animation career. So when did that start? It was completely accidental. I was... Um, I <laughs> did, went, you, did you want to do that when you no, were a kid or no? I went no. to CalArts, but I went oh, for, yeah, well, uh, for theater. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. I didn't hang out with any of the theater people, really. I mean, as a... A general rule as a group. I don't know why. I ended up being drawn to um, the animation crowd. Huh. My one of my closest friends in college was Mike Camarillo, who um, has been in the industry forever. And then, yeah, all those guys that were in that group—Dan um, Wonkett, Ron Hugart, Clay Hall—it's just like those guys were all mm-hmm. um, at Keller's the same time I was, and uh, and Butch Hartman, and it was all that same group. Yeah. And I ended up. I don't know, just hanging out with animators. So you were, you were, did they try to get you to do voices for the show? Not since at you all. Were doing theater. It, no? it was so strange. Okay, so that's college, and then and then that's over, and I go into um, thinking, well, how am I going to make? You know, when I left CalArts, how am I going to make money until I'm an actor? You yeah. know, until I can yeah, make yeah, money yeah. as an actor. So I thought uh, I wasn't waitress material. Because mm-hmm. I just wasn't. So I thought, what else am I going to do? You know, and you I couldn't act that much. <laughs> I, I couldn't act happy while I was at work. But I, um, I was watching um, an episode of Simon and Simon, which mm-hmm. was the investigation oh, yeah, show. Remember, yeah. And here they were, like creating these uh, personalities in order to get information out of people. And I was like, that's it. I could be a private investigator. Uh, it's crazy, and so I went to Nick Harris Detective Academy, and um, oh, really? Yeah, that's right. I remember you mentioned right? that. <laughs> so I graduated and was placed right yeah. away because there weren't a lot of women in the field. And so uh, through a big company or something. My first, I was placed with Quest Investigations. So the school you went to places you. For well, a job? only because they have connections yeah. with people, and so there was somebody looking for a new agent, and so um, as soon as I graduated, they uh, I. I was hired by Quest Attorney Investigations, and it was <laughs> so fun. Huh? Your manics, like manics, working for a big company, right? So wow. it was it was really cool, and I was doing that, and then um, and then I uh, got fired from that job for how long? Like, how long were you doing that? Uh, for about two years, mm-hmm. and I accidentally I didn't accidentally. So basically, your first thing after school. First job after school, after the, after CalArts? Well, no, because I no, I went to work at a pet store at a mall. Oh, I see. And yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, I was yeah. like, I got to do something else that's yes. a career plan B uh-huh. for this acting thing. And, um, you know, there was no way I could disappoint my parents any further. So I thought, well, no matter <laughs> what I pick, will be an improvement. So then that's when I went ahead and found uh, Nick Harris Detective Academy and uh, enrolled in that. And it's a trade school, you know, and I had yeah. a certificate degree after that. Um 
And so, uh, and that was a decent income, you know. I was. So, what was the job? Like, you had to be like in like we see in the show. You had to take pictures, follow people, spy. Yeah, you know, surprisingly, it's pretty similar, especially yeah. if you're undercover. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> for well for Quest, I was mostly doing. Um, you know, if you go to sue somebody, you want to make sure that they have any assets before mm-hmm. you spend all the money on an attorney to yeah. take them to court. So what we do, we would do a lot of asset searches. Um, I did a, a child recovery with them, which was an amazingly mm-hmm. um, rewarding. Uh, the child had been removed from one parent by one parent out of state, and then we had to find which state mm-hmm. and recover the child and bring him back to California. And it was a baby, so that was really cool. And then, yeah, a lot of following cheating spouses and... Um, and that's getting in my car at the time. It was yeah. a VW Bug. Really a little inconspicuous to be following yeah. somebody around in like a yellow VW Yeah, no one bug. would think. No, no. You, know, you look back there for 100 miles, the same yellow bug yeah. is following you. They're going to figure it out. Um, and yeah, I mean, all kinds of undercover stuff. Really fun. Wow. But I had such a heavy caseload that I had no time to go out and audition during the day. So I'm like... it. It was either that, you know, one thing or the so other. That quickly had become like a full time career, oh, full yeah. career, a full yeah. thing. Wow. And um, and so I thought, well, maybe this isn't the best plan B, just because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can't get out to do a, you know, yogurt commercial or whatever. So, and then it also turned out to be a really um, kind of, the, the the real clincher was when I was at a Christmas party. Um, Every little group I would go up to, I'd be like, hey, how's it going? They're like, oh, my client didn't pay me. And I was like, oh. So I'd go over to this other group and I'd be like, hey, guys. Oh, you know, that bitch. And I was like, jeez. And and, the client knew that, you know, they were cheating, but I couldn't catch them. And so so no matter where I went, it was negative. Like whether Uh there was, and I went, you know what? It was starting to, and I didn't realize it was starting to weigh on me. Mm-hmm. You just absorbing all that, you know, yeah, negative yeah, yeah. energy, and so I. Uh, so that was for two years, a couple of years. That was for yeah, yeah two years, and mm-hmm. then well, I worked on a couple different. Um, you know, I worked for uh, Falcon Process Service for doing difficult process service to people being sued or subpoenaed for millions of dollars. They've been evading process service mm-hmm. for a long mm-hmm. time. So they need some way to trick to them. Trick him. Wow. And that's when I would show up. I was in my 20s, so there was this one old guy on Balboa Island, and he'd been evading service for like two years. <laughs> and I was like, well, how do you, you know, you get close to old some guy. old guy. Yeah, you're going to, okay, I'm like, fine, I'll tart it up. So I put on my little shorts, and I did this fake flower delivery, and I'm like wandering. And I, I did my, my drive-by to see, and I'm like, there's the subject. He's working in his garage. He fits the description. That's his address. That's him. Uh-huh. So... And this was a multi-million dollar lawsuit, so I needed to physically hand the papers to him. I couldn't do a sub, um, uh, substitute process mm-hmm. service. So so I parked my car way down the street and walked back and was like pretending to look for addresses for this flower delivery I yeah. had. He was like, hey there, little lady. Can I help you? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for whatever his name was. At. He was like, oh, well, that's me. Thinking, you know, I'm like, oh, and I reach in and I pull out the envelope and I said, you've been served. And he was like, and he just... He just put his head back and laughed. Like he was like, "Do you know how long I've been avoiding this?" And I'm like, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> and he was like, "You got me, you got me." And I was just like, "That could have been ugly, yeah, you know." Yeah. But it People was. Uh, be off. Yeah. But he was. Ba- it was basically a game to him. He knew. So anyway, so stuff like that. Um, but then, uh, and then I was working for one uh, company, which shall go unnamed. It's a huge company, and they were in several labor law violations, sexual harassment. It was oh. just. 
a horrible workplace. And I <laughs> got so fed up. I was just like, I quit. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what did I just do? I got to pay my rent. Yeah. What I, but I felt so liberated. I was like, I couldn't wait because I just had, I was at that point where I was like, I do not want to go to work. And yeah, that's a horrible yeah. feeling. So I quit. And one week into that two week notice, this, I was about at this point, about five years into being an investigator. One week into my two week notice, my friend Mark called and said, I hear you're looking for a job. And I was like, I am. And he worked for Amblin <coughs> for Spielberg on um, Family Dog, which was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was, it, it wasn't the, L.A. Stories or whichever. Uh, it was a little segment of a bigger mm-hmm. show. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly. Something Stories. I don't think oh, it was oh, L.A. Amazing stories. stories. Amazing Stories. Yes. Thank you. Um, so he had, Spielberg had been pitching that as a series mm-hmm. from the success of it in Amazing Stories. Nobody would take it. Nobody would take it. Nobody would take it. And this is Spielberg not being able to get... <laughs> he wanted a primetime animation yeah. spot. And then... The Simpsons got the green light and showed success. And mm-hmm. finally, somebody said, okay, Stephen, we'll give you a slot for Family Dog. So he got a green light for that to be a series after The Simpsons' success. And um, and that's what this was, that Mark uh, was calling me, and we need, we need a PA. And yeah. I was like, because <clears throat> people out there in <laughs> podcast land, I'm on the production side. I'm not on the, <clears throat> the yeah, artist yeah. side. Um, so, and, and he said, but it pays shit, you know, sorry, mm-hmm. but it's a job. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, yeah, well, yeah. what does it pay? It was paying the same as, as I was job. making as a case investigator. <coughs> when, so that just tells you the, anim, you know, the, the animation industry and the industry in general, even the it, crap yeah. jobs pay higher than. Yeah. So, um, so I was like, and, and, and at the time as an investigator, I was having to wear at this particular office, short skirts. I had to make the. Oh, wow! Uh, really? Yes, and this was way before the Me Too thing. Of course, this was yeah. in the '80s. So you had to. They just well, no pants because no. the guy who ran the office mm-hmm. was ex LAPD homicide, who it was you know his show, mm-hmm. and I so I was required to wear short skirts. I had to cover the phones when the receptionist went to lunch. Not any of the male investigators mm-hmm. in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to make coffee in the morning. Those were part of my duties. And it's just like, you know, it was blatant. Yeah. Now that I look yeah, back yeah, on yeah. it, I'm like, wow. But I wanted to keep Obvious, my job, yeah. so I did it. You know, it was that kind of thing. Um, so, um, totally lost my train of thought. Let's see. Um, so you you went on um, Family Dog. Yes. So, oh, so it was paying the same yeah, as Family yeah. Dog. And I said, well, what's the dress code? You know, because I, I was so, and, and, and Mark's like, you can wear your pajamas if you want. We don't care. And I was it's like, the same short dress. No way. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I'll come in wearing lingerie. Great. Um, so I was so happy because this was like at the start of summer. And I thought, mm-hmm. I don't have to wear, you know. So what year was that? That was 1987. Mm-hmm. God, I'm old. Um, no, no, no. It's just interesting to see what. What year people were behaving like this. Yeah, it's 87, 88, late 80s. Um, So I ended up starting there, and that was with uh, the producer was Peggy Regan. She was my first um, producer. I Mm -hmm. love her to death. She's on um, Warner's right now. But um, so, and that's how I started. And then um, that show at 1.3 million per episode never aired. Oh. (laughs) Because of a, a series of issues um, mm-hmm. 
uh, but heartbreaking. So that studio, we lost that job, I believe, to Nelvana. If I how many episodes did they? Well, we were working on thirteen. Um, we for that show. It was not sent out. It was being animated in house mm-hmm. because Steven Spielberg wanted quality. So, so it was like Mark Pudliner, Mark Kutzier, and you know all these and actual these animators, people. yeah, right, yeah, yeah, and really like great group of guys. And um, and we were animating in house when we outgrew the trailers behind the Amblin compound on Universal, which is mm-hmm. where we started. Mm-hmm. Uh, we moved to a building in Glendale, and then um, that show was. You know, Spielberg would say, um, uh, let, let me see that crowd scene. I want a camera move on that, and, and I want them all to disperse with a camera move. You're like, now you've got a crowd scene on ones because he, he wants a truck out. He's a live-action guy, uh, yeah. right? So and, and so he was really involved in little things like well, that. Well, you like, know, he was actually in New Zealand filming arachnophobia at the time. Mm-hmm. So we were sending him, and this was way before digital, so how are we sending oh. him stuff? I don't even know. Because that wasn't, you know, I don't know yeah. if the, the AP was sending him stuff or what, but he was getting the, he was trying to okay stuff mm-hmm. while he was over there. And then he would make a change. And of course, you know, however many days in between getting that mm-hmm. stuff to him, probably FedExing stuff, you know, trying to FedEx it overnight to New Zealand. Um, and then he would, he'd, you know, do this thing like, I want the crowd to disperse on with a camera move. And then six days later, he'd be like, where are the dailies? And we're like, mm-hmm. what you've asked for is going to take three months, you yeah. know, <laughs> especially. Yeah. And then I think that's pretty much why it imploded. And our our uh, pro- our director, who was um, um, Chuck Richardson, he he was like, I'm gonna, we can't do this because it's mm-hmm. not feasible for the budget. Mm-hmm. So I'll figure out a way to get this done. And and basically, as I recall. Um, the upper echelon was furious that he wasn't doing mm-hmm. what they exactly. said. So what basically they were like, he was just trying to deliver them a show. Yeah. So we were like working really hard to try to make it happen. And, and, uh, they were mad that we were going around them, I think is how it went. And, uh, and we were way over budget and we were behind mm-hmm. because of things like that, yeah. that were not realistic. And plus the writer didn't have kids, didn't like dogs. It's a show about kids and a dog. So the scripts were not awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and um, Joe Horn was one of the storyboard guys, and he, he was doing terrific work trying to make mm-hmm. stuff good. Um, and one of the neatest things I remember is he used to do these little tiny thumbnails because he'd be, you know, to get his whole idea yeah. out. And they were so cool because they were these super detailed, like mm-hmm. one by two inch things. He even used like a whiteout for snow. <laughs> it was, just, I just remember looking at these things going, this, this is, is an amazing piece uh. of art anyway. Um, and it just didn't come together. And then when they went and got another quote from Nalvana, they said, you know, can you do this series for less? And they were like, yeah, course, send it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we had to box up mm-hmm. part of 13 episodes. I mean, hundreds of thousands of pieces of animation paper, scenes in various stages, everything. Boxed it up, shipped it to Canada. We were like, okay. Mm-hmm. And of course, they couldn't finish it for... So ultimately, as I recall, the total budget um, was, yeah, $1.3 million per episode, and it never, it never aired. They even... They even said, we're going to, and I, by they, I think I mean Amblin or Warners or Amblimation or Universal. Mm. It was a co-production deal. I don't know who was in charge, but they said, we're going to make a, a, a Super Bowl commercial with the air date. That'll make you air it. That'll make you finish it on time. And we're like, 
it, it just felt like we're sitting around. We, we so that didn't work. And there were I remember the commercials that aired oh, during Super Bowl. So millions of people yeah. saw that, those commercials. You know, Family Dog premiering. Yeah. Da, da, da. It just never uh. never aired. But um, or maybe one episode because I do remember one episode. I remember seeing color uh, on one. I episode. remember seeing one. Thing. I know. Like I know. A short or pilot yeah. or something. Yeah. And there was one that uh, had to do with snow and a little bird that was virtually finished that maybe they were mm-hmm. using for a promo, but maybe it never even got finished. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so then, um, and then after that, they wanted to keep that studio together because it was a really talented, talented yeah. group of people. And, um, and so they brought in another director, Skip Jones, and... Uh, Burke Brethed. So they did that Opus and Bill little special with that same studio, that mm-hmm. same group of mm-hmm. people. And that was A Wish for Wings That Worked. That one finished, aired. It's great. Yeah, and it's yeah. out there. Um, and then after that, there was nothing else lined up. Oh. And so we disbanded that studio. And uh, one of my jobs, because I was a, a PA there, one of my jobs was to go sit and babysit a um, soundstage at Warner Brothers while they moved all the furniture, all these custom-made animation desks for all these uh-huh. animators that were in there. Probably, um, I don't know, 30 or 40 animation desks. Moving them into a soundstage, and I was sitting next to a big vat of um, penguins, penguin actors, because they were filming in the other uh, in the other soundstage. Yeah. They were filming... Um, uh, a Batman movie. So, oh, yeah, yeah. so I'm sitting there next to there's like this little trainer comes out with a clicker and all these little penguins are going like, anyway. And then, and then, so when that studio closed down, I was out of a job and I thought, you know, I'm not just going to run out and get another job, any old job. I'm going to hold out for more animation. Mm-hmm. I really, really like this because you're surrounded by creative people, yeah. you're, you know, and I, uh, and so, I held out, and uh, that's when I got a call from Peggy, which this is that perfect networking thing. You know, you work mm. with somebody in one place, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you, you keep those uh, contacts open. And she was working at a place called um, uh, Duck Soup, which was a little mm-hmm. commercial um, animation studio down in Santa Monica. And she called and said, we need a studio coordinator if you... And I was like, yeah. And, and so... I went out there and I took a look around and, and uh, during the, the studio tour where she was giving me a little tour, I met uh, like John McIntyre and um, Patty Shinagawa and a bunch of you know, mm-hmm. um, Chris Heller and um, a bunch of people anyway. And Rob Hughes. That's where mm-hmm. I met Rob Hughes. Yeah. And, um, and I worked there for a little while. They ended up offering me an ape. Oh, okay. No way. So... Working at Duck Soup, I met uh, a woman named Carol. She was in the accounting department, and she um, she said, you know, you should work at Disney. Disney Features is so cool. You should work there. And I was like, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> Shouldn't everybody, you know? Yeah. And uh, and she was like, no, no, I, I know I know a director, Kirk, over there, Kirk Weiss, and uh, I'll, I'll call him. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, thanks, you know, whatever. Yeah. So then I get a call from Disney. Oh, if you want to come in and interview. And I was like... Yeah. Uh-huh. So I went and interviewed and it went really well. And, and then I got called back for another interview. And this was, again, just for PA work. Mm-hmm. But it was at a bigger, you know, stage. Sure. So I was like, sure. And then Disney, that's like... I know, the palace, yeah. right? <laughs> so, uh, so then I went... Um, uh, then 
Duck Soup, though, said, I, I think they, I don't know why they offered it, maybe because they saw me wanting to leave and they offered me a, a, an assistant director position, huh. which assistant director there was really more keeping the, you know, getting the director everything he needed. It wasn't a creative. Um, it was a more technical aspect. Of, yeah, because I was on the production yeah. side. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm an artist, but I'm not, not yeah, at yeah. that level. <clears throat> and so I was so excited. Well, Rob and I had decided to get married. And so we, uh, we went on our honeymoon and when I and, and you know when you're when you're offered a job promotion like that you're you're psyched it's like you've told yeah. people hey I'm going to be an AD <laughs> and I, da, 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 da. so I get back from our honeymoon and like woo and they're like yeah about that AD position and I had already called Disney and said thanks but no thanks I got a great offer yeah. I'm gonna stay where I am and they're like okay and so uh, I get back and they were like we already have two and it would be really crazy for us to do a third so we're sorry and I was just like you have got to be kidding me. So I called Disney back and I was like, hi. And it's yeah. been like three weeks since I, yeah. and I said, is there a, you know, any chance? And they were like, well, the position that we had is filled, yeah. but you know, we'll, we'll look around. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, they had another one. I went in and, uh, cause you know, when you're staffing up, there's a lot of departments yeah. that need stuff. And so I, um, I went back over there and then they ended up hiring me. So I was so happy. And so what year was that? 89? That was, uh, n- 94. Oh, 94. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yep, 94. Mm-hmm. And, um... So, 94, that's at the time I met Rob, I think, around that time. That was So, he was back. working on a... He okay. was working yeah. on a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... Rocket. Right, because after I met and him at Duck Soup... Yeah. Two weeks after I met yeah. him at Duck Soup, he got fired. <laughs> or laid off, yeah, I yeah, should yeah. say. So, it's like that two-week window was kind of cool. I was uh-huh. able to meet him. But, yeah, so he would have been, you know... Yeah. Looking around for work, yeah, yeah, something yeah. else. Uh, so, uh, worked yeah on Hunchback, and then I um, trained. So, what was your work on Hunchback? You were production, uh, just assistant? production yeah. assistant. Yep. And, but but so what produ- does that mean? What did you do on the show as a production assistant? Uh, I shot your- pencil. T- primarily, one of the most important things was because all the, the all the animation is in house. Um, you shoot all the pencil tests. Mm-hmm. So, because like the artists will shoot their. I was a clean-up PA. Mm-hmm. So the animators will shoot their own just sort of, you huh. know, so they can see it if it's working. Because you can flip and roll till the sun goes down, yeah, but you yeah, really yeah. kind of want to get up on his feet. So they would, I, I remember, you know, those guys in there um, shooting their animation. But then when it went to clean-up, the clean-up artists were just so busy with yeah, So yeah. we would shoot the clean-up on these old JVC mm-hmm. um, surveillance decks, because that's all there was. On video? On Yeah, oh, that, that's yeah. all there was. So... These giant JVC. So you could we get to film to do one frame at a time on the video. There, there was this little converter box. I don't know if they had because Duck Soup had the same um, mm. same setup, and that's where I learned to shoot pencil tests. So the fact that I when you I knew that. when I went yeah. to Disney, I already knew, and they uh. were all like, "Where did you learn something yeah. like this? <laughs> we we always train people," and I'm like, "Nah, no problem." Um, but yeah, so the JVC big old bulky giant thing. Yeah. And then there was this little black box with a red button, and and you pushed that button, and it was and a frame fun. averager. So, oh. because the tape runs at thirty frames a second, yeah, it, it would yeah. right. It would you're shooting at twenty four, and that, so it was like every however many it would do oh, this frame averaging one point something, yeah, right of however much tape, yeah, it would take for for one frame, yeah. So that's all great, except if you make a mistake. You have to start over uh-huh. because you, oh yeah, it's not yeah, yeah you can't. So those ones where you know it's a 
15 foot scene and it's on ones because of a camera move. I mean, it was super like we, we really had mm. to be paying attention. Were they filming stuff still on one all the time at Disney at that time? Or nope. The old stuff is all on ones, right? The old Bambi old stuff? and maybe I, yeah. I think it's all on ones. Well, maybe. I don't know. But but, but if we did have a stuff, camera move. stuff is always on one though. If there was not a camera move. Yeah. Yeah. If, but but not, if not, not the whole thing. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Mostly on twos. And then, uh, but yeah, TV, if you yeah. had a camera move or something. But the problem was they do so many levels. Sometimes you'll have, you know, just for economy. Yeah. You, if you have a scarf on one and a hat on another and you're still dealing with a light table. So you've got layers and layers and layers of paper. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'd have to shoot a scene depending on some of those um, scenes had, you know. 12, 13 layers, mm-hmm. we'd have to shoot it twice. You know, this character, yeah, then this character, yeah. then, you know. So, anyway, I've got one where the X sheet is like three and a half feet wide because of all the layers. Oh, yeah. So you're having to read across for yeah, every yeah, frame. Yeah. But, you know, anyway, good times. Uh, and then you, and then we had to sync it up. So you knew how to read the sheets and stuff to shoot that stuff. So oh, you knew sure. exactly what, so that you learn how, how ducks. Right. Yeah. Yep. And that was on a small scale, you know, you're doing like Keebler and seven up mm-hmm. and, um, Vlasic and, you know, mm-hmm. those cool and they're short and they're quick. Um, so, um, that, that was a good, a good place to launch as far as all of that. So yeah, by the yeah. time I got to Disney, I knew what you knew I was your doing. Job when you did and then syncing the dialogue was fun because it was with one of those old clicker tape recorders, you know, oh, just like one yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. the rectangle boxes. Yeah. And, and you would just have to basically push um, push play on the the VCR, play and record, mm-hmm. and then just release your... It was a real art to get it to yeah. sync up, but it was totally analog. It was very funny. Huh. So they still do that? No. no. Even, even when I was... Even digitally, it's just animatic now. Well, even when I when I left in ni- in ninety nine to go have our first bebe, um, they were starting to do. They were using sound edit sixteen, and they would do. And they were starting to do um, uh, computer composites. Mm-hmm. So you could mm-hmm. shoot on the digital camera and computer composite it. But some of the directors, Kirk and Gary, they didn't want a digital representation. They wanted to see the line on the paper yeah, for cleanup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, a lot of the directors were going, no, you know, I'll look at the digital version to make mm-hmm, sure there's no mm-hmm. pops or whatever. But they wanted to see line on paper. So even if it had gone over to full digital, they wouldn't have wanted yeah, to yeah, do yeah. that. Um, so how long was that? How long was that to work on one of these things? Like a year and a half or something? Uh, well, it was like two years for Hunchback. Years, wow. um, and, you know, the first year and a half because of the pipeline, you know, it's slow because they're mm-hmm. still in yeah. story and they're still in, and you know. not much uh, animation actually done. Right. So you're yeah. doing other things, you know, you're running around keeping busy. And then during crunch, you're just there 24-7. I mean, three meals oh. a day. Three meals a day. And so I was, um, p- that was part of my job is like taking dinner orders for the crew of 125. Oh. So you go like, okay, we're doing Marie Callendrish tonight. What do you want for, to eat? You know, and they'd be like, oh, we'll have a... Uh, so then you'd have 125 orders and you'd have to call it into Marie Callendrish and and then they would deliver them in these styrofoam containers with like a number on them. Because we... Marie Callendrish and I figured out... Well, so and also... You'd have yeah, to because yeah, it's yeah. like, I'll have 75, you know, chicken pot pies. Mm-hmm. Could two of them have mashed potatoes instead of... I yeah. mean, it's like, no substitutions! Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, so that was, um, uh, and, and the thing about a crew that big clean up, you couldn't really do those fun, like cake days on Wednesdays because yeah. the crew was too big, you know? 
This is the end of the first part of Jennifer Hughes' interview. Uh, in the second part, which I'll be posting in a few days, Jennifer will will explain us even more the production side of animation. You know, um, you can draw all you want, and without a production crew, there's there's no show, there's no movie. So it's very interesting to see how that that side of the business works. Uh, please join us again on the on the website cartoonlunch.com, where you can see all the all the films I've been making about my interviews, all the episodes, all the episodes of, uh, of the podcast, and pictures of people I'm talking to. So um, I hope you enjoyed it, and see you next time for part two.